Hello again, listeners, and welcome to episode 35 of the Agile Podcast. Yes, it's a podcast, not a podcast. That would be too boring. This is where myself, Paul Goddard, and my good friend and colleague, Jeff Watts, sit down to have a chat about Agile whilst having a pint in the pub. Now, I need to remind you that October 2017 is a competition month. All you have to do to enter that competition is to write us an iTunes review, preferably a good one. Jeff and I will be drawing the winners of that competition at the end of the month, so get your reviews in quick. Winners will receive a signed copy of our books and some retrospective cards to play with. It's as easy as that. Now, time to get the drinks in, Jeff. Let's get on with the show. Hello, everybody. Hello, world. Hello, Jeff. Very dark and... Oh, no, it's not depressing, but we're in Swindon. It feels late. We've been, we've been travelling today, haven't we? Uh, it feels late. Yeah, I don't think I've ever really been... Uh, anyway, yeah, we're in Swindon. <laughs> we're in Swindon. But we're in somewhere very special, Jeff. Well, that's true. That's true. Uh, we're in Paul's pub. Yeah, I own this place. very own pub, the Goddard Arms. We saw this on uh, on Google Maps. And I thought, we're going through Swindon, we've got to stop and we've got to do a pub cast here. So here we are in the Goddard Arms. Couldn't resist it. I've got no, I, I really should feel I should know the history, or at least know the, the background behind the name. Maybe it's the original owner, I don't know. But I, as far as I'm aware, no relation to me. <laughs> There's no... Um, there's no picture of Enti- you on the wall. Enti- no, I've got no entitlement to this in my will, in, in any sort of will. I was expecting some like stage where people were doing improv. <laughs> in your honour. <laughs> little shrine. Yeah, yeah. Everyone have with these beards. John Travolta lookalikes yeah. walking around everywhere. No, we're in the Goddard Arms in Swindon and... In Old Town, Swindon Old Town. Old Town, is it? Okay, this is High Street is what I know. Yeah. Okay. What are you drinking, mate? What you got? What's in your glass? Well, I I took a fancy to a Dizzy Blonde. Oh, I bet you did. This evening. Don't we all? Yeah. Uh, So, I haven't tried it yet. It's kind of golden in colour. It's a ailey top, so just this very, very thin layer of sort of froth. Not very fizzy, so I'm going to take a sit now. Is it local? Do you know, is, it, is it from these parts? No idea whether it's from this, these parts. Um, sort of yeah, proper ale temperature, it's kind of... Room temperature. Yeah, room temperature. For some reason I wasn't expecting that, but that's, <laughs> that's fine. Um, it's, it's quite... Subtle. I mean, it's not really, it's not really kicking any massive character out there. It's not stumping its authority on my taste buds or anything. It's, right. it's, it's, it's fine. It's pleasant. There's a small sort of, I'll say, some kind of fruit zesty, not fruity, zesty aftertaste. It's, right. it's perfectly fine. I'd, yeah, it's okay. Would you order another pint of it? Uh, I'd probably try something else. Try something else. It wouldn't. It's not keeping me, but we'll see how it goes as we go on. Yeah. What about you? I've gone for something local, um, some some Swedish cider. As always. Swee- it sounds like Swindon, doesn't it? Sweden, Swindon. Swindon, Swindon yeah. yeah. You right. see what I've done I'll there? I'll go with that, yeah. yeah. I'm, what I'm most impressed about straight away is the glass it's in. It's you know, glass. 
So I've gone for, I think it's strawberry and lime, it's, it's very fruity. It's pink. It's basically my dessert. So I've had, we've had dinner and now I'm having some of, this is my, uh, my pudding. But it's in a beautiful, beautiful glass. Mm. I think I like the glass more than I like the drink. No, I don't know, that's not true. It's very nice. <laughs> very fruity, it's very nice, very sweet. Might that disappear? I don't want it to disappear. Well, might, you, might it be a souvenir? What, well, the glass? Well, you own the pub. Are you suggesting, suggesting I'm a thief, Jeff? <laughs> I would never thief. Might accidentally fall into your pocket. <laughs> no, no, so there we are. Oh, Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. So everybody, good. Nice, nice to uh, speak to you again. There we are. So, what's, the, what's going on in the world, Jeff? What's going on in the world? Um, been getting a lot of messages recently, actually. Messages? Oh yeah, sort of requests. Um, like, come and speak here, and can you do this? Can you do that? And I've had an in- had one one interesting one actually. Um, I actually had it. I got this request before I went on holiday, and I haven't really. I sort of sort of said yes in principle, and I'll get back to you when I'm back from holiday. So yeah. uh, I just sort of put it on my list to pick up again, and I just read through it. It's from a from one our old stomping ground. Both you and I went to Cardiff University. It's from Cardiff University oh, so- right. Software oh. Academy. Oh right, okay. Yeah. What, um, someone like a lecturer? Is it from a, a summer? Yeah, yeah a, lecturer? a member of staff. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know whether they're a professor, or a lecturer, or something. But a member of staff, someone who, who runs the program, I guess. Right. Maybe he runs the Software Academy. I'm not sure. Right. Um, and he's asked me if I would come in and, and give a talk to some of his uh, computer software engineering students. Oh uh, wow. Year two students. So what, what kind of age group would this be? What's what? Probably about 20. 20, 20 19, 20, 21, yeah, okay. that, that kind of age, I imagine. Yeah. Um, on, the, on the theme of servant leadership. Oh, okay. Uh, he said um, he's quite keen for them to not just know the mechanics of, of Scrum as they're learning, but also the, the sort of ethos underpinning it. So are they already aware of the, the mechanics of Scrum? In the, in the small amount of exchange that I've had with them so far, it seems, yes, they're, they're, they're aware of the mechanics of iterations and battle of boards. I wonder if it's as part of the... Because when I was at university, yeah. um, and it, it turns out we were at university at the same time, same same uni, Cardiff Uni. Didn't know each other. We didn't know each other. Pure coincidence. But um, So I did a computing and physics degree. But um, obviously that was before 2001, before yeah. the Agile Manifesto. None of my university curriculum. I was I had a module on project management, okay. but the words Scrum were not mentioned. As you, as you, but then you kind of would have expected that. Yeah, you wouldn't have heard of DSDM or no, anything like that. No, no. I was t- I was told we were taught waterfall. Um, we were taught the one way that you do it was waterfall. Yeah, I just I, I went. So I did this a while ago actually. I, I was invited into Aberystwyth University. Right. And I was asked to come and give a talk because it's not—it wasn't in the syllabus, and he, he thought it was important. The, the, the lecturer, the, the leader of the, the course, right. yeah. thought it was important for them to know. But it was—it was a voluntary thing, so it was in their lunch hour. You know, it was. Oh, if really? you're interested, it's, it's free. Come along. Like a supplementary thing. Yeah, and I'm a big. Well, interested in your thoughts. So. I personally find it difficult to unlearn something that I've been doing for a while. To unlearn a habit is harder than just to acquire a new skill. Both well, that's difficult. what most of my teaching is, is largely about. I wouldn't say I'm teaching, I'm, I'm unteaching. I'm yeah. trying to... But I suppose it's the demographic that you teach. It's, it's the... 
it's the age group and the the legacy that comes with the students you've got. It's, it's well, the thing of that is there isn't really a lot of legacy. Well, they, the point, they, won't have, they won't have had the, the baggage of a waterfall environment. I'm trying to think about. I've taught some graduates in my time, and generally my course runs a lot quicker. I mean, I get, I feel like I'm getting more stuff okay. done because there. You say something which might appear controversial, like. There's no one person in charge, and there's no, there's no project manager leading this, and, and they go, yeah, okay. There's no kind of challenge. There's no kind of, yeah. there's no um, no question that that oh, that sounds perfectly sensible, Paul. I've, I've got no issue with that. It's, yeah. I'm completely not used to that level of acceptance, I suppose. Yeah. So I find that I can go through material really quickly because it all seems such so normal, so so uh, so predictable. Hmm. Well, at that age. I'm going to sound really old now. Well, no, I'm, ju- I'm just trying to work, trying to remember what I was like at that age. I was about to say, you kind of take things at face value a lot more. You trust authority figures like lecturers and professors. Yeah, a lot maybe, more. Well, maybe, yeah. But actually, I'm not sure whether I did. I, I was, I was probably a pain in the ass really as a student. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I think in a similar way, um, I had an interesting similar situation on one of my courses recently a public course I run uh, where we had one person who we'll call him James because uh, that's his name <laughs> <laughs> we're good with Anna, Anna Norman and Minty. Yeah, no this is, this isn't anything bad at all so okay, it's okay. Um, so he was from the NHS right. that's his world yeah. and we were talking about I can't remember the, the actual topic of conversation, but basically it was, a, it was a case of, you know, what about getting your development team to actually talk to your users? Yeah. And out of 15 people in the room, 14 of them said, well, it just, just doesn't happen. Right. And James just couldn't understand that. He literally shocked, literally. Shock on his face. Really? He said, I don't understand. I, ge- I genuinely like, don't understand. That, this seems so you natural. Yeah. You can't do that in, in the NHS. <laughs> Yeah, if we're designing a, a piece of software for doctors, we have to speak to doctors. We have to, we have to talk to them and work yeah. with them and show them and yeah. get some feedback. Yeah. So what you mean, your development teams might go through a whole sprint without speaking to... Not just a sprint, James. <laughs> a whole project. Their whole careers. Yeah, they may exactly. never speak to a user or a consumer. He just couldn't believe that. That was just a completely yeah, different paradigm for him. Yeah. And I think that's a similar kind of thing to you know, students who haven't got the history of, uh, of yeah. the waterfall back. You're, you're pushing against, against an open door in that yeah. respect, aren't you? There's no, there's no baggage. There's no uh, people haven't been hurt by projects. They haven't been hurt by a, by being hopefully they haven't been stressed stressed into a high pressure environment where they've had to deliver something with very little time. Yeah. There's no those. I mean, we very much survive on our war stories and our kind of storytelling ability to tell people about the bad times as well as the good times but yeah. yeah it's very much if anything I think teenagers 20 somethings there's probably a label out there I'm not sure what but that, that, this generation I almost expect autonomy they expect collaboration that that is the norm yeah and anything else would be a why would you do that so, I, I wonder if I, it's nice to know and hopefully if this Academia is changing its its approach, its what it teaches, what it believes, and what its what graduates and students are walking away, undergraduates are walking away with. You'd hope 
things maybe things are starting to turn will turn in time a bit more positive and a bit more um, you know, naturally a bit more agile rather than trying to retrofit this yeah maybe this is what Nigel called the millennials wasn't it didn't he refer to this the idea of I don't think it's own? Nigel's view we're, we're well, in the previous podcast that, he did he did talk about that didn't he in terms of the next generation coming through yeah. Yeah. so what are you going to teach them in this court you got, well, how, long have you, how long have you got with them well I basically because it's you know, they're asking for a favour you're going to do it for free, they're quite happy. Well, anything you have to half an hour, we'll take really? half an hour. To, but they've also been given the option of spending the whole day with them you know, really? if I wanted to. So I, I don't know what I, I don't I don't know whether I'm actually going to go in with a with a plan. Yeah. I think just meeting them where they are, but it's really surprised just to see what's going on. So it's a practical exercise. So they 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 set them up with a corporate customer. Oh, okay. They have to create some some software. What, a real customer, real, yeah, real customer, an iteration company. Uh, in small teams, and yeah. they each take it in turns to be a scrum master for a week. Right. Um, and so they get to experience iterative development, but also this idea of uh, leadership. Right. And so they will get to work with some real corporate people yeah. and uh, some members of staff in the university who also sort of take on that sort of product ownership role, I guess. Yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of tempted to go in with a no agenda and just sort of see what's going on, be there, and pick up to see what their natural instincts are. Probably nice to observe some of their behaviour, might in terms yeah. of how whether well, leadership styles are different. Even at that age, I suppose people still feel characters. I'm sure characters within teams must must still get a natural status behaviour that people want to take over or people want to be told what to do or introverts, extroverts, that type of thing. But does that that probably has a bearing on maybe a lack of understanding. People always may twist it the wrong way. Hmm. And we talked this is what we talked about maybe our way is the wrong way, but in terms of do you, it's a great opportunity to mould and shape people at, from that kind of age into into the type of scrum master that you want them to be, I suppose. Well, so I'll, I'll challenge that definition there because my, my view, I think, and I'm, I'm interested, that's one of the reasons why I'm really keen to do this. I'm interested to see whether my suspicions hold up or not. I don't think it's necessarily about moulding people into what we think a scrum master should be. I'm operating on the principle that this is normal, this is, this is kind of natural for this generation. And so it's about validating that and giving them the opportunity to, to, to get into a habit of that before they're tainted by perhaps the legacy of a, an organisation they go to work to. But even sure, I don't know, again, academia in the, in the wider sense, still very much, they're going to get an individual degree or they're going to get an individual certification award at the end of this. Does yeah. that promote even... You know, unconscious, subconsciously, does that promote the sense that I've got a, there's something in this for me, rather than? Well, I think there's something we can learn from that. Uh, the, uh, the agile work potentially learn from that. I remember when I was at school, it was very much end of year exams. Yeah. Um, but then, just as sort of I was finishing, so mid 90s, the idea of course.
coursework. Yeah, and, and group modules. work. And there was a certain group modules. Yeah, group projects um, that combined some of the marks. So that you weren't completely marked on the group project, but there was still an individual element yeah. to it. But equally, how much you contributed to a team was part of your assessment. And I think that's, I'm reading between the lines here, but I assume that that's, that's what's happening here. They will have some individual projects and some assignments and some essays and tests and things. Yeah. But this is the practical where most, again, in the workplace these days, they're, they're going to have to be a team player, aren't they? They're not going to be hired as, a, as an individual no. silo. No. And that's nice. That's refreshing that that's happening more and more. Yeah. I genu- genuinely wonder how widespread that kind of initiative is. Whether, Because I always got the impression, I spoke to a few people at conference, I spoke to a few lecturers who've turned up to conferences, and maybe the odd lecturer um, or teacher that's been on one of my courses, and it seems to be a, a rarity that may, maybe someone from business has gone back into teaching and wants to take take the, what they know from the corporate sector back into yeah. the academic sector. Yeah. But I always seem to think it was, a like I say, a, an ad hoc or a rare instance. But maybe things have changed. I don't, I'm, I'm disconnected with that um, yeah. part of the... Uh, the education life cycle and maybe it's interesting that so I've done a bit in, in, in my te- my uh, sister teaches she used to teach kind of um, primary kind of last year of primary school so like 10, 10, 10 11 year olds and um, I offered to go in and basically run some of the this, this CSM material that I do in you those classes <laughs> unfortunately they didn't pass the test oh. no, no I didn't certify them but um, I know Henrik Knieberg's done this, hasn't he? In is terms it? of he's certified, his, his 12-year-old Dutch son has a, has okay. a CSM. He's CST, it, isn't he? <laughs> it was on Twitter the other day. He's, he was holding up his... And it said at the bottom, I can't... Um, my son, Henrik, was saying, can't wait to show this to his first employer when he gets, you know, when, when he does get that job. That how long have you been a CSM for? I've been a CSM for 15 years, yeah. and he's only like, you know, 25 years old. So, but yeah, um, so I've yeah I've been in taught primary school kids, and it's just amazing how collaboration, creativity comes so much more naturally at that age when people aren't worried about their own individual pursuits, and yeah. it's just having fun, and it's just how much more carefree and how limitless the um, the collaboration can that can occur in a classroom when you don't worry about what's in it for you personally. So, yeah. This might be a, a, a good point to segue a little bit. Oh, nice. Go on, I like a segue. So we had, um, we had another question from our Australian coach, Andrew. Okay. Andrew Bursley, who yeah. emailed in around about emailed in about pay, rewards, incentives in organisations to encourage agile behaviours. Yeah. You see, you know, what have you seen that works? What have you seen that doesn't work? Things like that. Well, but we, I doubt we've got enough time to do this justice because it's a massive can of worms. Yeah. But I think where I was, my mind was going there with with this university thing is yeah, there being. They're being marked not just on their individual ability, but also how well they can contribute to the team. Yeah. And the best organisations that that I've seen shift their focus to rewarding hero behaviours, to rewarding the contribution to the team, yeah. the contribution to the organisation. 
Yeah. And I know, I mean, we went through that 15 years ago or more at, at BT. We had to figure out how to do that. And you know, we, we, we decided that in our retrospective we would try and get some common common ground in our objectives, didn't we? Like a team level stuff, yeah. Team level objectives. So out of five objectives, four of them would be exactly the same, each of us, and they would be project-based. Yeah. Uh, and then one, on our own personal development, they, that's how we were based. And then you know, that objective process went into your pay review and your, your bonus and whatever. But from memory, that was quite... I think part of the problem with... I'm, I think we're, I'm still made largely scarred from my BT days, but part of the problem was the pain, the pain that the process caused, rather than the the actual detail and how and it was just how it was done. It was it was all tool based, so it, you had very little say on the structure or the. Um, the cycles that you you said you've got to submit these by the 30th of March. Yeah. No, and there was no justification. There was that was out of our control, um, and we had no input into changing that. But yeah. it was kind of. I think a lot of people were hurt because they didn't think it made any difference anyway. So I think they've got to be within an employee's control, and I'd like to think there's a, a degree of input that employees can have. But equally, they've got to mean something. They've got to actually have a bearing on people's behaviour. Else it just becomes a pointless... People disconnected with it in BT because people thought it was irrespective of what I filled in. My grades, my salary, my bonus has already been decided by some kind of levelling exercise across the company. Yeah, there are obviously things that can undermine any effort and, and bureaucracy and red tape and all that kind of stuff is a big is a big factor. But one of the one of the things that we did with that with the team that we were working with today wasn't necessarily around metrics and performance, but it was around what you said there about it meaning something. So yeah. we, we helped them craft their own almost goals. Yeah. If you like. So what did they want to achieve? What what did they want to improve on? And what would what would be meaningful for them? And then setting something that they could agree on as a team. So these are these are these are all things that we we all find valuable. We all want to make some progress on them. And this, with, with regards to motivation, we talk a lot about intrinsic motivation and extrinsic motivation. Yeah. And typically, organisational, it's the carrot and stick type thing. Yeah. Extrinsic motivation. Do this, and you'll, you you might get a bonus. Uh, do this, and you might get a, a pay rise. But those things, they motivate to a degree. Yeah. But then they have a, a limit. But yeah. So to come to the to that question of Andrews of you know what. What, what really works is where you can actually focus on tapping into that intrinsic motivation, helping the team find something that they actually care about improving. Now, it might not be monetarily rewarded. No. Perhaps, perhaps it's good if it is, but the teams where we've seen this really work, they, they do have control over it, like you said. They have, it's within their sp sphere of influence. It's something that means something to them. Yeah. Uh, and, it's, and it's achievable. And it needs to be something bigger than... 
bigger than we delivered our story point. We, yeah. you know, we delivered our velocity. Our velocity has increased by 10%. Measuring the wrong things. It's about trying to attach more of the purpose to our work, I think, in terms of how, could, how, how, much, how many new ideas have we created? Yes. You know, how, much, how much have we, as a team, have we not just delivered our own work? This is something that worked well in Nokia. It's basically, as a team, you were rewarded if you took something else off someone else's backlog. You basically helped another team finish than if they were struggling. Mm -hmm. So how do you encourage that type of behaviour rather than teams just basically looking out or individuals just looking out for themselves and, and playing the estimation game, playing the, the estimation inflation game. So one of my favourite stories that I enjoy telling people is, is from a company, it was actually in Scandinavia, but that's, that's irrelevant, that um, you're drinking a Swedish cider. So. Yeah, well, it's, 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 it's linked. Yeah, um, and I was, they asked me how, how do you manage incentives and, and motivation in, in Scrum? I said, well, the honest answer is there is no answer. No. You have to figure it out for yourself. I said, well, that's not very helpful, Jeff. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's the truth. Yeah. Um, I said, well, so what do you do? What do you recommend? I said, well, typically what I recommend is what I'm going to do with you now. I, I, I would say to a team, imagine this scenario. Imagine your boss comes to you at the end of the project, end of the sprint, end of the release, whatever, and says, guys, good job. I mean, seriously, good job. I know you put a lot of effort into this. You worked hard. You've come up with some really good results, and it's had a big impact. And I, I you know, I want to. I just want to say thank you, but also I want to reward you. But you're all different. I, I don't know. I don't know what, how to reward you. you know? yeah. So, I've got. A, I've managed to get a bit of budget. Um, but rather than just guess and potentially waste money, I thought I'd ask you, what do you want? And so, so imagine that scenario. What would your team ask? Big what would you ask? Cash on the table. Well, some people ask for cash, yeah, because right, they, okay. they, they, they generally feel they're underpaid and you know, they've got bills to pay, mortgages to pay, kids to go to school. Cash or be nice. um, so some people said, yes, yeah, a cash reward, that would be nice. But that was, I would say, 10% of people. Oh, really? Quite low. Yeah. Just, I mean, in that room, it's not, yeah. not a representative sample. No. Um, but other things they asked for, what do you think? Um, what about like a holiday or like a yeah. kind of time off? Some people said some time off. Right, extra, um, extra leave for, the, for time to spend at home. Or well, whatever. yeah, a couple. Of, one, one person in particular said, I'd like some time off so that I can see my family. Which, <laughs> you know, if somebody said that, you'd think, hold on a minute, sustainable yeah. pace at all? <laughs> and then some people Gosh. thought, well, if there's a blank checkbook, I want a holiday to the Bahamas. Right, okay. Someone uh, taking advantage. Some, yeah, just yeah, having a bit of fun. What about um, gadgets? New kit, new kit. They did like gadgets. These they, are technical people, right? They so. were, yeah, they were. So they liked new tech, right? But at a personal level. So you know, I think this is when the iPad had just come out. Or something, oh, okay. So, yeah, right. Love an iPad. But also at a, at a work level as well. They, they, they said we've been working with some really sort of poor environments and oh, really? you know, old computers and things like that. Um, we'd like a little bit of investment in that so that it would make our day-to-day -day lives a little bit easier or more enjoyable. Um, software as well and, and tools, they said, you know, we have to use out-of-date software. It would be nice if we could use something a little bit more yeah. up-to-date, that kind of thing. Um, interestingly, some, some people said, do you know what? It would be really nice if we had that. So what do you mean? If, if, if a boss came along and said, thank you, well done. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Just hearing those, those words. Yeah. Says, we never hear that. Yeah. Okay, wow. Big problems. Yeah. Um, 
So that, that's quite easy, that's quite cheap, isn't that's, it? Yes, very, very cheap. Uh, yeah, it came up with all sorts of, and there was a lot of things like, you know, we, we just like a sort of social event, something, you know, put some money behind the bar, some food. Just well, that's interesting. So, again, I'm trying to relate this back to where we started this podcast. I'm kind of coming full circle now. So that's what motivates you, me. We're both of an age now. You know, we've been around the industry. Yeah. We've had our jobs for a while. We're probably motivated by different things. Yeah. We probably see reward and recognition in different things. You put yourselves back into a student that's just coming out of university with a degree and a mountain of debt, yeah. an absolute mountain of debt. And you say, I can, I can, you know, great job. What do you want? Oh, I wonder. I don't. I can't back this up. But would the numbers be different? Would would people actually expect that kind of monetary reward? Is it, is it, and maybe it does in an organisation. You you have different options. You yeah. have you have different a sliding scale of where. Because I remember in BT, um, and this was with well, how long ago is it now? Fifteen years ago. Ten years ago, fifteen years ago, so I was a bit young. We, we had a day trip, we had a day trip out. Remember we had the old towns. Jeff managed to manufacture a, a team reward, a, a bit of a thank you, a day off, and we had a, a VIP day at Old Towers. So we had a bit of extra time in the parks. With your family? Yeah. Bring your partners? Exactly, bring brought all the family with us. It was lovely. It was a good day. We felt a bit special then. That made me feel like, firstly, my work was being valued. Secondly, it was a tea, it was a social aspect to it. We ate together, we played together, that type of stuff. And that was a nice, a different kind of reward. Yeah. And if you look at the monetary value, the monetary cost of it, I think it, it's completely out of sync with the actual value that we placed on it. And, and yeah, and the value, yeah. You, that's, that's very hard to calculate, but trust is probably going to be a small percentage, a yeah. small a fraction of the value added. But we were very good, obviously. We added a lot of value in BT. But, um, no, I'm sorry, I, I was thinking there, if I don't know what it was, but I'll just use a number. Yeah. If it cost £100 per person yeah. for that VIP day yeah. out, if I'd have given you £100, or if we'd have been given £100, it wouldn't have meant as much to us. Yeah, £100 worth of Amazon vouchers. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. actually that day out. We, we probably put greater value onto that than it costs. Than it actually, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Part of that's the thought that goes into it, isn't it, as well, rather than just cash. Yeah. Cash is a token, isn't it? It's but like I said, I think it means different things to different people. Yeah. If you if you feel like you're low on the pay scale, cash yeah. does mean a lot. Yeah. Fairness, I think, is an important aspect. Yeah. Of um, of any kind of reward recognition thing, but but I feel that it's fair. So, what's your view? I mean, this is a recent, fairly recent thing about um, the BBC does this now. They publish the salaries, don't they, of all yeah. their high-profile or basically their high-profile celebrities yes. and several people in the press get completely blasted for uh, Gary Evans, Chris Gary Evans, Gary Evans Claire, Claudia Munkham and these yeah. people that are basically on I don't know, millions of pounds a year, yeah, 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 a lot of money, a lot of money and they feel they have to justify it and how does that, well, what does that, is that helpful, is that so I know, so that's actually, that was the second part to Andrew's email, I'd oh, okay. forgotten about that. Okay. Uh, he, he, said, he said something about should people know, I think... Like an open salary... And of course one of the scrum values is openness, openness transparency. so transparency is generally a good thing. Um, now I know there are 
cultural aspects to this and also legal aspects to this in certain countries. Okay, so, for example, right. in Germany, you're not allowed to mention that kind of thing. Oh, I, really? I know we were actually we could have been sacked for telling other members of staff what bonus we've got. In BC? Yeah, oh, technically really? we could have done. No one would have ever known. No. But that, that was in our contract. If you, if you disclose this to anybody, you get sacked. And I presume that was to avoid demotivation and comparison. Yeah. It didn't stop it. No. But um, do, I, do I believe in that transparency? I don't see why not. But then I'm, on the whole, I, I can be accused of being a little idealistic. Well, I wonder in an organisation that I've worked in before, and even organisations that I'm quite familiar with now, isn't there a kind of a sixth sense as an employee that you have about that? You probably know who the where the money is in, in, in terms of whether that's years of experience, years of service, maybe the, the level of contribution they've made or the hierarchy. I think I guess the question I'd ask myself is why would it need to be invisible? Yeah, that's what. Yeah. If, if, if it's done fairly and it's representative of the value that you're adding, yeah, you shouldn't have any problems. There shouldn't be a problem with it. But there, I guess there are people that are unfairly rewarded, both overpaid yeah. and underpaid. Yeah. And it's it's a way of allowing management to to, to pull the strings without actually facing the consequences. Yeah, and um, with the likes of Gary Lineker and there's people probably in the. Joe Public in the street that reads that newspaper or watches Gary Lennon on a match of the day and think, well, he only does half an hour a week, yeah. 45 minutes a week, and he's getting paid three, three million a year. So it doesn't I, seem fair, does it? No. I, to, to the relative outsider. I think it probably, even if it's not transparent, I think most people would, would know because they can compare where they are and what happens to yeah. what they've seen. But in general, I think it's, it's, it should be a good thing, I believe. And I think it's the way things are going. But more and more culturally and legally, it's, it might be as a big step. Yeah, I think in some countries. Yeah. But I think you know, transparency of everything is increasing now. I think a lot of a lot of industries pay is transparent. Yeah. I think it's just going to become more and more the norm. It also, it made me think there about kind of even things like job titles. So one company that I work quite closely with make a point, and they, they, when you speak to some of their product owners, they say, "Oh, we don't really have job titles here." Yeah. And I think that's an interest that that changes the dynamic about there's maybe a you feel from a pay grade or from a level of reward and recognition, you might question it more if you feel if the job title suggests a big gulf. Yeah. That yeah. it becomes more of an issue where you feel that people with senior product manager or I senior architect. I think all of those things provide more demotivation yeah. than they do provide motivation. I think you're right, yeah. Like a net. Yeah. And you imagine the, 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 the higher up those ranks you go, the fewer people there are. So if let's just use some numbers. For every one person that gets the senior rank, five yeah. people don't. Yeah. So those five people are actually facing this prospect of I'm not that. Yeah. For the one person that feels I am that. Yeah. So net motivation, I think, is decreases 
a result. And again, it kind of perpetuates this individualistic attitude towards, I'll only get rewarded if I move further up that pay grade. It almost encourages that I-shaped sense of skills yeah. and I-shaped siloed, yeah. just look at self-preservation. So I've just started a new train of thought. <laughs> we probably haven't got time for it. But I did speculate once upon a time whether there would be, uh, in the future, whether there would be sort of scrum master election campaigns. Because okay. basically it's, uh, it's up to the team as to whether the scrum master is working for them. And if not, they should find one that does. So like That's my opinion. Four more years, start to have a day. <laughs> Hire me as your scrum master. Yeah. This is what I will. This is what to, I will do for you. I'm yeah. not, I was. It was kind of tongue in cheek, but um, I just started thinking there about whether in the future, whether actually scrum teams will campaign as a team and tout their services within the organisation and say, well, this is what we believe we're worth as a scrum team together. Yeah, yeah. We are more than the sum of our parts. Yeah. Therefore, this, as a scrum team, we, we deserve this. Yeah. And then they will work out how to allocate that money amongst themselves. It's yeah. like, like a rock band, I suppose. They, yeah. they, will, they will command a fee as a band and then they will work out, you know, if someone writes more lyrics or comes up with the, the, the tunes, they may well deserve more royalties, I suppose. So, I don't know, it was a train could, of thought. No, but you know, it's a fair one. And you could argue, to take your metaphor a stage further, that is a, a lot of reasons why the band split up. It's because... Yeah. <laughs> but that sense you of fairness, right? though. Yeah, that's my point. If, if people feel that the songwriter is taking more than their fair share, the number of stories I've heard about that's where musical differences yeah. start is on the, the fact that I don't feel I'm being paid what I'm worth in this band, so I'm going to go elsewhere. I wonder. Maybe that's the maybe that's the future. Maybe that's maybe but that could start from this po- podcast. I think the future's robots, isn't it? But well, it's true. cars that drive themselves. Yeah. The jobless economy. Yeah. Software anyway. that writes itself. Yeah, we're getting a little bit too. Uh, I want to I say esoteric, but I don't. I don't actually know what that word means. No, I don't know either. It's far too too many syllables. Anyway, that's probably uh, probably enough. We need to hit the road. I, I finished my uh, my pint of recorder. Look, I didn't say what it was, but it's recorded. Um, Sweetie cider, very nice. Yeah, I got to the end of this of this beer, and it's it's now got more of a sort of nutty taste to it. Would I have another one? No, I don't think I would. No, it's time to go home. Yeah, you, you can have only so much of a dizzy block, can't you? The novelty wears off, I suppose. And on that note, on that note, cheers. cheers. Mate.